I'm thrilled to share with you that my new book, Intentional Intoxication, How to Deliberately Distill the Different Life You Desire, is finally available on Amazon. So here's the thing. I wrote this book for anyone who finds themselves in an unexpected, unwanted, or uninspired new normal. Maybe you've emptied your nest, retired, launched into the second half of life, or really just feel like you're surviving a sobering life hangover. In this book, you are going to get a quick shot of everything you need to feel lit up, alive, inspired, and fulfilled. And the best part, it's a short book, so you can literally finish it in one happy hour. Enjoy. Cheers to you, my brilliant friend, and welcome to the Intelligent Intoxication Podcast, where I'll get you smashed on success without the buzzkill of burnout. Welcome back, everyone. So tonight is part 23 of my Intentional Intoxication Book mini course. And tonight I'd like to dive into step four of the instructions. And here is what I would really love to talk to you about tonight. Step four is intentional intoxication. And I bet you're so sick of hearing me say those words. And again, I'm kind of sick of hearing me say those words too. But just a reminder, if you are going to intentionally intoxicate your life, it means that you are going to prioritize on purpose, feeling lit up, alive, inspired, and fulfilled. Now, Here's what I have found, whether it's in clients or students or friends or in myself. It is so common and normal to want to change your life or shift your life circumstances by adding more. You're going to be tempted to do that. And my friends, it is just the opposite. If you are not feeling lit up, alive, inspired, and deeply fulfilled in your current life, it isn't because you aren't enough or you aren't doing enough. It is because either in the past you said yes to things that were no's for you, or in the past you said yes to wholehearted commitments, but they have turned in to no's or obligations now. So our real work is to eventually let go of anything that doesn't match or isn't congruent to who you really are. Okay, that's, that's the work. And so what I invite you to do, what I encourage you to do, what I beg you to do is to start to tell yourself the truth about what you feel in your life is an obligation. And remember, an obligation is something you're telling yourself you should do, okay? Whereas a wholehearted commitment is something you must do, either because it lights you up, makes you come, makes you come alive, inspires you, or because you're deeply fulfilled doing it. And remember, when we are fulfilled, it is because we are making continuous progress personally and or professionally, and we are making a meaningful, impactful contribution to other human beings. 
Okay. Wholehearted commitments, it can be summed up in all of those components. Let me say them one more time. Our wholehearted commitments will either light us up, make us feel alive or inspired, or allow us to feel deeply fulfilled because we're making progress and offering a contribution to others. Okay. Obligations are far more dramatic. Here's how you're going to pick up on an obligation. In your actual body, it's going to feel flat. It's just you aren't going to feel lit up by the thought of showing up for this task or job or relationship, okay? You won't feel alive doing it. And that sometimes is because it isn't requiring of you that you identify and use your inherent gifts. It might not speak at all to any of your passionate talents, right? You're definitely not going to feel inspired either by this yes you've given that's really a no, or you aren't going to be inspiring others because it feels so flat to you, right? And very likely, it's something that someone else could do. And when I say that, I'm not meaning it from the standpoint of, well, if you don't want to do something, then just wait for someone else to do it. I am not talking about that. Okay. That is not the assumption that's being made here, but there, okay. How do I put this? Okay. I've said said it this way before. What feels like an obligation to you will be a wholehearted commitment to somebody else, much as what's a wholehearted commitment to you will feel like an obligation to someone else. We aren't trying to get things off our plate because we want to be lazy and sit around all day and do nothing but watch Netflix and never contribute or grow or change in our lives. In fact, if that's you, this is not the podcast for you. I'm going to be straight up honest with you, right? That's not what we're talking about. What we are talking about, though, is getting very discerning about what you are meant to invest your limited time and energy into. Okay, so here's what I recommend that you do. Over the next week or so, if you are willing, and I think this will be very eye-opening for you, keep a log of how you spend your days, Monday through Sunday. Okay, no judgment, just keep a log. Don't try to change things up yet. We're just trying to gather some data. And then once you've done that and you look back over those seven days, go through those lists and put an O by the things that were obligations that left you feeling flat and put a C by the things that were actually wholehearted commitments that lit you up, made you feel alive and inspired and fulfilled. Okay. And then be willing to ask yourself why you are still saying yes to obligations. Now, here's what I hear sometimes. Well, I, I can't say no because I already committed to it, okay? To which I would offer this. I am not about flaking on people at all, okay? So when I say our work is to release things that are obligations, here's what I mean by that. I'll give you an example. I've said this example before. I can pick up on the moment 
when something goes flat for me. Okay, perfect example. Times where I have been a volunteer at school. I used to do the bulletin boards for school and I loved it. And I'll never forget, there was one, I think it was like a winter day, I was there doing the bulletin boards and I noticed that all of a sudden I'd lost my enthusiasm for it. And, you know, I still had, right, two thirds or one third of the year left of school. So I didn't quit doing the bulletin boards. But what I did do that day is I went in and I let the principal know that as much as I have had it enjoyed it and I was going to finish out the school year, I was not going to be responsible for the bulletin boards starting for the next school year. Okay. So obviously you've got to give notice. You've got to let people know that you're making a change. That's where communicating, as Brene Brown would say, clearly and kindly comes in, right? We're not talking about quitting and leaving your coworkers in the middle of a big project. We're not talking about that. But what I want you to also be really careful about doing is don't get in the mindset of thinking that if you don't continue to do something, that no one else will and it'll fall by the wayside. Okay. If it is not what you are meant to do and it's not what somebody else is meant to do, it might in fact be something that has run its course and needs to end. Okay. Here's the other thing I'm going to tell you. There are times, even with well-meaning bosses and coworkers, where they won't actually get the position filled or reassign the project until there is an actual vacancy. Now, that is not me saying you surprise your boss and you go to work and you say, I'm out of here today. I'm not talking about that. But let's say you give notice and you let them know, you know, you're being really gracious and you let them know, okay, I'm going to finish the project in about three months. At that time, I will be, you know, leaving here and um, moving on. Well, let's say it starts to approach that three-month timeline or that deadline, and you're noticing that your boss hasn't done anything to try to replace you. They haven't conducted interviews, let alone found someone and given them a trial run or asked you to help with some training. That is not on you. That is not on you. And you might say, well, Terry, then it wouldn't be fair if I left uh, because then what's going to happen to my coworkers? Okay. Do I want your coworkers to be overburdened with the work that isn't going to be done by you? I do not, but it's not your responsibility anymore. It is the responsibility of your boss to do their due diligence to get that work covered. And if they choose not to do that, your coworkers also get to make the decision regarding how they are going to handle it. Okay? Just consider that. So again, I invite you for one week, write down every single thing that you spend your time doing. Go back and mark the things that are obligations with an O and the things that are commitments with a C and get really curious about why you have the number of obligations in your life that you currently do. It will be a game changer for you, my friend. All right. As always, deeply grateful that you're here. Have an intoxicating rest of your day, and I will be back tomorrow with more. Hey, my friend, if you're thirsty for more than this daily shot and ready to intoxicate the hell out of your personal or professional life, 
I'd love to invite you to coach one-on-one with me. It all starts with a complimentary happy hour call. Head on over to terrybradway.com. That's Terry with two R's and an I. Bradway, spelled just the way that it sounds. Once you get there, my friend, click on the Work with Terry button and we'll take it from there. Thanks for listening and have an amazing day.